Good evening. My name is Vivian Catfield, and this is Haunted Memes, a podcast that showcases my writing work in the horror, paranormal, supernatural, and southern gothic genres, as well as the folklore and history that inspired it. This is episode 36 of Haunted Memes, and the eighth episode in the serial release of my novel, Looking Glass Theory. So here we go. Looking Glass Theory, Chapter 8. Hazel returned with her paranormal investigation equipment around 10 p.m., and Nora helped her set it up, asking questions along the way. Although Hazel referred to it as her, quote, portable outfit, Nora wondered what else could there be to capture evidence of a haunting. Three microphones and a low-light infrared camcorder with a wide-angle lens hooked up to a small multi-channel mixer that was, in turn, plugged into Hazel's laptop plus a light grid that cast a bright green web over the room. All of this made Nora feel as if they were in some sort of 80s sci-fi movie. Also, Hazel went upstairs to play something she called a REM pod, along with a GoPro positioned in the window seat in the far corner of the room. This sort of allows us to be in two places at once, she explained. The frequency field emitted by the REM pod can be interacted with by any spirits that happen to be present and will cause the lights on top to flash. We can ask it questions to try to provoke a reaction, and the GoPro will hopefully catch it on film. After placing those upstairs, Hazel came back down and handed Nora a clipboard with a chart on it. Here, record what I tell you. We want to get a baseline reading of the house for temperature and electromagnetic frequencies so that we don't misinterpret any findings that later turn out to be false. Then they made the rounds of the house, with Hazel using an infrared handheld thermometer and EMF meter, and Nora taking notes of any anomalies. You have excellent wiring in here, Hazel mentioned offhand as they finished up. Not a lot of radiation escaping from random electrical outlets, like most houses have, that are this old. Thanks, I guess, replied Nora. It was old, and I had it rewired because I wanted it to be safer and easier to work with on my new handmade fixtures. Hazel gestured to Nora for the clipboard and studied the almost completed page of their readings. I don't remember seeing a wireless hub anywhere. Do you have one? Oh, no. I was trying to see whether I could get by without having one at home, since the office is so close and my connection is super fast there, Nora said. I don't know why, but I'm just generally able to relax and rest better in rooms without everything so wired. Hazel looked at her strangely. Me too. Do you have any idea by chance whether or not you could be slightly clairvoyant? Not that I'm aware of, said Nora, surprised at the question, considering everything else that they'd done so far appeared to be so precise and scientific. Just wondering... That's often the case with people who are Wi-Fi sensitive. We can talk about it later if you like. Have a seat, Hazel said. We're about to get started. Oh, and turn off your cell phone. Power it all the way down. I will too. Those sometimes give off false signals. They both turned off their phones completely. For some reason, Nora felt a small wave of panic wash over her as the screen went blank, but she dismissed it. Nora sat down in one of the two dining room chairs that they'd brought in, with their backs to the empty fireplace. The glass itself had been placed against a tufted ottoman about ten feet in front of the small pop-up table for Hazel's mixer and laptop, with the camera on a tripod beside it. It was 
angled in such a way that they could both see and the camera record what was happening in the glass. Plus, the viewpoint would be able to catch anything that crossed from the kitchen toward the front door, where Nora had felt the rush of cold wind before. All right, then. That looks like everything, said Hazel, surveying the room. Just a few last directions before I flip off the lights. First, paranormal investigation is a lot like fishing. You often have to be very quiet, but remain attentive for a long time before anything happens. Second, if you need to make a sound that we can't obviously see the source of on one of the cameras, even if it's just your stomach growling or a sneeze, you should announce that it was you by name and briefly state what the sound was. I will do most of the initial questioning to try to see if I can provoke a response. But if you feel moved to ask it something after we get going, feel free. Ask what something, Nora said. The entities? Hazel replied as she flipped off the lights and settled into her chair behind the camera tripod. Hit record over there for me, please. I, I can't reach that far. Nora did so, and immediately Hazel began to speak. To Nora, it sounded as if they were about to perform an autopsy on television. This is Hazel Goodnight. It is currently 11.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, June 7, 2019 in Wilmington, North Carolina. This is an investigation of a house formerly owned by Mr. Alexander Hostler, now owned by Ms. Nora Hewitt. It is believed that Hostler's friend, Mr. Samuel Jocelyn, was pronounced dead in the house. I am accompanied this evening by Ms. Hewitt herself, who has on two separate occasions witnessed possible paranormal activity associated with a silver-backed looking glass found in the basement of the home, most likely left by a previous owner. We are seated in the downstairs parlor, facing the dining room with the front door of the home to our left and the entrance to the kitchen, which also leads to the stairs going up to the master bedroom on our right. The looking glass is placed directly in front of us. Some degree of activity has been observed by Ms. Hewitt in each of these locations recently. Readings have been taken around the home with nothing unusual to report and will continue to be taken periodically throughout the night. A REM pod and camera have been placed in the upstairs master bedroom and a second camera recording equipment and light grid are down here with us. We will now pause for a few moments before attempting to begin questioning. Here, Hazel stopped and put her finger to her lips silently, like a librarian. Now we wait, she mouthed to Nora, who nodded soundlessly. They sat in silence listening to the sound of each other's breathing before Hazel again began to speak at last. Is there anyone here with us tonight who would like to say anything? She waited. Nothing. After a few more minutes had passed, she tried again. Alexander, are you there? Again, nothing. Followed by, Samuel, if you are present. Can you make some sort of sound so that we know you're here? The minutes crept past as they watched the digital clock. Over the next quarter hour, Hazel tried various other questions, each to no avail, before stating for the record, Well, I guess that's all for me then. Nora, would you like to give it a go? Nora sat up straighter in her chair, blinking her eyes. 
The dark room and heavy meal were making her sleepy, despite the two cups of coffee that had followed. What do I say? Anything you like, and that you think will encourage it to interact with us. Don't be shy. If there's something here, it's been watching you for a week already. It probably knows you. Nora could feel her pulse quicken as she considered the implications. Then she began. Hello, Alexander? This is Nora. Nora Hewitt? You have a lovely home. I really like the little cupola. I've always wanted a house with one. Here she stopped and glanced at Hazel, who urged her to proceed. I've enjoyed bringing it back to life, so to speak. Was it you whom I saw in the glass upstairs? Here she stopped again. Nothing. She went on. If it were you, are you still here? Could you make some kind of sound to let me know? Nora, look, whispered Hazel, pointing at the mirror. Then, for the record, she stated, A cloud-like shape appears to be forming behind the surface of the glass. Hazel peered at the mirror through the camera lens. However, it is not visible through what I'm seeing through the camera itself or she leaned over to see on the laptop. Via the live feed, I'm going to take an infrared measurement of both the surface and frame of the mirror. You should be able to see the beam on camera now. Hazel flipped on the infrared and directed the beam at the mirror. Nora watched the laptop feed. She could see the beam clearly and could also see the swirls that Hazel had called to her attention. They were forming exactly as they had before, starting at the bottom of the glass around the water stain. However, Nora couldn't see them at all through the feed. Temperature of both glass surface and wrought iron frame are 124 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a significant increase from the original 74 degrees. Ambient room temperature remains at... She flipped the beam on and off and pointed at the wall behind her. The same 74 degrees as previously recorded. That's a 50-degree increase over the course of the last, she looked at the clock on the laptop, half hour or so since we've begun the investigation. Like a mom speaking on the phone while also talking to her kids in the room, she commented aside. Continue, Nora. Alex? May I call you Alex? Nora began again. I feel like we should get to know each other a bit if we're going to start sharing this house. Could you give me some kind of sign? You can hear me. Was it you I saw in the mirror the other night? I'm very sorry about your friend, Alex. You must have cared for him very much. As Nora spoke, the mists within the mirror continued to move until they coalesced into the same image that she had now seen twice before. That's it, she whispered to Hazel. That's the man whom I saw die, and they carried him out. Say it louder for the recording, please, Hazel said, pausing for Nora to repeat her statement and then continuing on her own. I'm taking a second temperature check on the glass versus the room. She flicks the beam over the surface and back to the corner twice, mentally noting the numbers. Surface and frame temperature of the glass are now at 160 degrees and still climbing. Ambient temperature of the room is now 72 degrees, a slight drop from less than two minutes ago. It is now approximately 11.40 p.m. and... 
Nora jumped as the REM pod went off in a flurry of beeps upstairs. Hazel didn't move. She merely peered into the viewfinder before her and then craned over to see what might be visible from the GoPro. The REM pod just went off. Lights of the REM pod are visible via the GoPro live feed, but no apparitions visually recorded either there or in the tripod camera downstairs. However, Ms. Hewitt and I both confirm personal witness that a moving grayscale scene is progressing in real time before us on the glass itself. There appear to be three subjects in the scene, a man in bed who does not seem to be breathing, another man standing to his right dressed as a doctor, and a third with long sideburns whose purpose is unknown. Suspicion is that the bedridden man is Jocelyn and the third man with the sideburns is Hostler. To Nora, she explained, I'm going to continue to narrate the scene as it unfolds and request confirmation from you since we're not picking it up on the cameras. When it gets to a point nearing the end of what you saw before, start asking the spirit to make its presence known once again by making a physical demonstration. Nora nodded. Over the next 20 minutes or so, the scene in the glass played out as it had on the night that Nora had witnessed it alone. Hazel announced various events as they happened. As it came to the part in which the curly-haired man with the goatee entered, they heard footsteps come down the stairs in real time, crossed the floor, and the front door swung open. Nora grabbed Hazel's arm. Oh, God, she whispered. I thought I locked the door. I unlocked it said Hazel, making note of the fact, along with the opening of the door by itself for the record. I didn't want to do anything that might make it too difficult for the flow of energy to continue. They continued to watch in silence as they heard the sounds of the body being carried out, followed by the doctor and the man with the goatee leaving, after which the door closed again of its own accord. They watched as Hostler sat alone in the bedroom upstairs, sobbing with his head in his hand. Now, breathed Hazel to Nora, ask him again now. Alexander, Nora said, I am so sorry about your friend. Do you want to come down here and talk about it? Here the figure in the glass stopped and looked up. Only this time it was different. The image shifted instantly. Nora found herself not merely watching a scene of a man getting up to go stare into the glass as if he'd heard something strange. Instead, as he approached the mirror, it was as if a panoramic camera swung round. Now he was looking through the glass, directly at her. Hazel could tell that something had changed from the shocked look on her face. Nora! What's happening? How's this different than before? What's changed? Into the air, she called for the recorder. Miss Hewitt is observing a different sequence of events from previous encounters. Subject may be about to respond to her inquiry intelligently. Who are you? A low, masculine voice echoed from upstairs. The image in the glass churned and dissolved as the man turned his back. The women once again began to hear heavy footfalls as if he were pacing back and forth above them. Hazel reached for the temperature gun and the EMF meter with both hands, narrating faster now as Nora spoke, her voice trembling. I'm... I'm Nora Hewitt, and I live here now. Who are you? 
Suddenly, the door of the upstairs bedroom burst open, slamming against the wall. Heavy bootsteps banged down the stairs as he ran down to meet them. They stopped at the entryway to the kitchen. Oh, my God, Nora gasped. Yes, Hazel exhaled, gaping wide-eyed back and forth from the apparition shimmering before them. A muscular young man in his late twenties, his shirt sleeves and vest open, his tie undone. My name, he boomed, is Alexander Hostler. Flickering, he stopped short. Slowly, the apparition floated out into the parlor, eyes burning with a cold, white-hot light as he scanned the room. Nora sat breathless as she watched him survey her work. He stopped next to the dining table and looked up, studying the propeller light fixture curiously and frowning. He floated back into the parlor and scanned the room again, before reaching up and rubbing his eyes. Putting his hands down, he blinked hard several times and shook his head. Looking up, he appeared to see them clearly for the first time. He boomed, getting louder and louder, as he pointed at Nora. What in hell's blazes is this? What have you done to my house? At that moment, there was a huge flash of light. The front door blew open, and with a blast of freezing air, the light around him collapsed into a ball and flew out the door slamming shut again behind it. Nora turned to Hazel, her mouth agape. Guess he didn't like the remodel, Hazel quipped. This is the end of chapter eight. Be sure to tune in next week for the next chapter of Looking Glass Theory. Until then, this is Vivian Catfield reminding you to remain ever watchful. Because you never can tell. Someone or something somewhere out there just might be watching you.